It's winter, and you can now get almost anything you need for the coldest month of the year delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a ski slope delivered, but you can get dish soap delivered. Sunshine, that's a no. But a bottle of wine, that's a yes. A snow angel, sorry, no, but angel hair pasta. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol and select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WINNBet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to 500 bucks in bonus cash. And next, we're also brought to you by Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes. Use promo code SGPNMMA and to receive a free athlete share when you make your first deposit of $20 in more. And before you get to this episode today, make sure to download the SGPN app because it is your home for all of our free picks, news, podcasts. It's right there in the palm of your hand, but only when you download it, wherever it is you download apps. Yo, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 83. Uh, this one's going to go out to UFC 83, um, because there's no other 83s I can find. Um, more on that event later when I after I introduce my co-host, because I'll, I'll give him some trivia on UFC 83. Like I said, hi-ho, and thank you for coming to the podcast. I would be Jeff Fox, your host. Welcome. Thank you for coming to the podcast. Thank you for, for subscribing to the MMA Gambling Podcast because um, that way you're ensuring that you're getting this the second that we drop it. Uh, the SGPN feed, we go out on there still, but we're a day or so late later on that because we have so much amazing content that gets pumped out on there that they have to split stuff up. So if you, if you want these picks immediately, which especially with our Contender Series picks, you definitely are going to need them immediately because those, those lines go crazy um, very quickly. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. All right, uh, this is the podcast that does not need long introductions any longer because we're so jam-packed with con- content now. Um, that'll probably change in a couple weeks because the Contender Series will be over and we'll have to uh, kill some time, so I'll, I'll ramble more at the start. But for this week, or this episode, let's just get right to my co-host. Some people call him the Danimal. Some people call him the prettiest purple belt on the planet. Some people call him Gumby. Some people call him Gumbo. Some people call him son of Ichabod, the Bear Whisperer. Uh, I have a new nickname for him. It's Mr. 80% is his new name. <laughs> um, because he is the Dana White Contender Series soothsayer. Um, oh, I forgot to tell you, I, uh, my nickname is Tina Black, and uh, nice to meet you all. Um, and I introduce you to um, what his parents named, and that would be Daniel Vreeland. Hello. Yeah, Mr. 80% very damn well should have been Mr. 100% this past yes. weekend. Dan got robbed. He got robbed. But before that, I'm going to quiz you on UFC 83, which is this uh, this podcast has been 
dedicated to. It was the first UFC event in Canada. Did you know that, Dan? Yeah, I did. It, it's GSP Sarah 2, correct? It was. Yes, yeah. correct. GSP avenged the loss in Montreal in his uh, home home region and um, got the belt back from off that dirty American Matt Sarah. Um, <laughs> let's see, anything else? Oh, someone, uh, a future Hall of Famer, made his debut at this event. Do you know who that would have been? He was second fight of the night. Future Hall of Famer, UFC eighty three. So he's not currently a Hall of Famer. Uh, I don't believe so. No, um, he is wanted it, to be a TK, TKO. Is it punches. John Jones? No, TKO punches against Brad Morris, who I've never heard of. Brad Morris. So that's a, Brad Morris is a big dude, right? Two hundred five or or heavyweight. I don't know. Am I right about that? I hate the yes, I'm right, right about, about that. that. Fuck yes, you are. Um, Future heavy or future Hall of Famer, future luchador, future loot. Oh, uh, Kane Velasquez. Yes, Kane yeah, Velasquez. I, made I was debut here. right. Brad, Brad was a big. They were. Yeah. Uh, I don't know Brad Morris. So yeah, so uh, he fought on this event, made his debut. His only um, second pro fight, if I'm not mistaken, he was one and zero when the UFC signed him. That's wild, wild. Um, so yeah, that was in the Bell Center in uh, Montreal. The fans went home happy because George Saint Pierre got his belt back. From Matt Sarah, um, the fans. I, but we can't get too greedy. But we won't went uh, home happy after last night's contender series, right? Because you, you went four and one. You, you can't sneeze at that again. Even though yeah. you did get robbed, you went four and one. Well, and, you know, it wasn't. I wouldn't say it's much of a robbery either. Like I didn't give Johnny Parsons both the second and the third. I think I, you know, I was kind of half watching because I was, you know, spoiler alert, watching the Braves again. Um, and I guess appeared on a podcast because I apparently, I apparently don't. Uh, I don't show up to enough podcasts already. Um, so I, uh, I was like half watching, half not watching, and I did give, I, I believe, round two to Solomon Renfro. Round one was a dominant Solomon Renfro round, maybe even a yes, 10-8 yes. Solomon Renfro round. In my opinion, when it went to the judges' scorecards, I was expecting, first of all, that he would win, and second of all, if he didn't, that it was a draw. Uh, so for, okay. for Parsons to win, I was a little bit surprised. But yeah, like we, we can't be upset, especially if you listened in on Sunday when this first hit the airwaves. Uh, the lines were in a place where you could have still made a ton of money. Uh, but if you bet right before this event started, you were making mere pocket change. Because I, I can't remember what we had we had quoted Kai Bahio at. I, I think we had him in the three. I got it here somewhere. It was, it was Kai like, Bahio was minus 200. Minus 200. And he was a minus 1,000 at the at time of fight. His number went up by negative 800. So – yeah, like if, if you got in when we gave you the numbers right away, like you listened to it the minute we we sent it to you, there there was a lot of money to be won. I mean, Armin Petrosian, who by the way we had in one, we had him as a dog. Yeah, yeah we had plus two, a big one too. Yeah, and I think he wound up negative one thirty. He got bet down. I think people finally got the film on Kolev and and gave up. Uh, Barnes looked as bad as I thought he would. The thirty nine year old dude on the Contender series. Rodriguez won nicely over Tina Black. Um, your namesake. So, My namesake, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, all, all together, it was uh, it was a good one, you know. And I, I don't mind going. You're right. I don't mind going four out of five and on any fight card because MMA is so unpredictable. Four out of five, even when you're you're super sure about a lot of them, is a great night. Plus, Johnny Parsons is a friend of the Top Turtle MMA podcast, right? But yeah, but we, not, won't, but we won't no. talk about the other guy who was on that fight That's card, true. who was a friend of the Top Turtle MMA podcast. <laughs> that that friend maybe lasted 101 seconds. 
yes. uh, it looked worse than anybody else on the card, uh, including the aforementioned James Barnes, uh, who I did not have particularly nice things to say about. So, um, I, a question for you, uh, yes. after watching Kai Bohio twice, uh, yep. I'm assuming you, you watched more intensely than I did. Um, did you like him better at 205? I actually think he, he looked better there. Yeah, well, obviously the power translated up to 205 because he actually got a finish this time. So that's, that's a positive. Um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm fine with him at either way. Whatever he's most comfortable at, obviously. If if cutting to middleweights uh, hurting his performance, by all means, stay, uh, stay at 205 for sure because he yeah, definitely looked explosive last night. Yeah, and I would say that, you know, some of it's the opponent too, right? Like Aaron, they made him yep. fight Aaron Jeffrey at 85 which is a tougher weight cut and a better opponent than they might fight, make it by Jesse Murray, who, you know, I like Jesse Murray, but like clearly not the same level as Aaron Jeffrey at an easier weight cut. And, in, in, you know, maybe he looked better for that reason, but he seemed like he looked faster and more powerful. And, you know, it's like we've been saying for years and years, like it's it's a bad idea to cut a ton of weight. And uh, yeah, I, I think I'd, I'd really like his karate style at 205 too. I think it matches up with a lot of dudes in that weight class in a weird enough way. You know, we, I've compared him in both breakdowns to Machida. I think, that, you know, at least the style portion of that holds up. The Bahio era is upon us. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. and, uh, do you remember how quickly the Machida era Yes, was I do, because I was a it, fan. Yeah, it, it did not last. It lasted, it lasted one uh, not correctly judged decision, but, yep. uh, and then immediately – uh, that course was corrected. That was back in the era where, like, one light heavyweight title defense was a ton, though. Uh, yep, it's true. Because did, did Rashad Evans never defend it? <sighs> Didn't he be – well, Rampage wasn't for a belt. That was just for – No, it for was pride. just for fun, That was for funsies. And it still sold over a million. It was one of the highest selling pay-per-views ever, which is crazy. So that was yeah. Much, a one-fight card, and it wasn't for a belt. But, but um, he didn't defend it. I don't think Forrest ever defended it. I don't think Rampage ever defended it. Like, like John Jones like, is the best. Yeah, it was like a really bad run of dudes just like stealing the belt from one another. Uh, Shogun never defended it. I mean, unless you count yeah. the fact that he should have beat uh, Machida the first time. So, yep, yeah, weird run. It it was, um, and that's our first segue of the not segue, our first uh, meandering off the path uh, of the day, right? When we were talking about light heavyweights out of the blue, um, but yeah. Um, more more talk on weight cutting not being good for you later on because um, <laughs> there's, there's, there's breaking news uh, coming through. Um, all right, anything else I want to say about last night? Let me see. Um, do you agree with all the people who got contracts last night? So basically, everybody got every winner got it except uh, Falcao or Falcao. Uh, I mean, I I agree with Falcao not getting it. Uh, I, you know, he, he didn't look as dominant as I wanted him to early in that fight. And the finish was nice. Um, I mean, Bohio, I thought should have gotten it the first time. Petrosian, it's weird for me on Petrosian because I think he fought a guy who people were saying was a good grappler and I don't actually think he was. Um, and I mean, he out kickboxed him, which you knew he was going to do anyway. So I'm, yeah, you look great in his kickboxing, but I'm a little bit worried about what holes he has. And 205 has got some dudes who can wrestle a little bit, right? Like, uh, I mean, like if you're thinking, um, you know, of guys up there, you know, if he gets towards the edge of the top 15 and not saying he's going to do that, but, you know, it's going to take some time before he gets that. But the, the likes of Jimmy Crute and 
well, I guess Misha Serkinov's not up there anymore, but, um, you know, the, the Jimmy Crutes of the world are going to pummel a dude like that. And, yeah, maybe he's a few oh, yeah. wins away, but he's probably older than Jimmy Crute. Yep. Yeah, it's he definitely has some holes. I was thinking he may not have uh, gotten a contract, but. But he's yeah, an exciting yeah. kickboxer, so he's they automatically go so, for it. Yeah. Um, I, I knew whoever won that main event was going to get a contract. In fact, I said that. Like you, you I was thinking they – I was thinking they both might might have gotten it as, as the fight was progressing because uh, Renfrew looked so good at the start. You know, I guess he his activity just died off way too much for, for that to be a, a possibility. But I was thinking he may want to pick up them, them both because Renfrew is the one that looks looks like the uh, possible future star. Yeah, and, and if I'm not mistaken, too, Renfro is a little bit younger. Um, or a lot Six of, years younger, so a lot, yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah, so six years younger. I, I think you'll probably see him go to CFFC and, like, win a couple more fights there um, yeah. and then just get signed right to the UFC, not even have to worry about Contender Series again. He'll just be, yeah. you know, like, he'll, he'll, you know, he'll be like one of these late replacements we're about to talk about on yeah, UFC exactly. Vegas 41. Um, you know, it's, it's just like a natural progression for a dude who's as skilled as he is. Yeah, and Johnny Parsons is is a fun weird. Also, it, it's good that, that he got he got signed up. Yeah, yeah, you gotta love a, <laughs> you gotta love a dude with a mullet, right? Yeah, he, but, looks, but he, he looks almost hmm. awesomely Canadian. He does. He he looks like a, a Jedi Padawan. They have those like um, those rat tail type things in the back, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> I believe for my Star Wars viewing uh, days. All right, um, anybody you think last from last night who has a real a bright future in the UFC, or are we just talking about middling, middling prospects at this point, or is anybody really uh, potentially a future star? No, I, I think I said it even before the event started. I, I wasn't particularly high on anybody who was on that show. Um, okay. You know, I, I think Ohio's got a future, um, especially if he looks better at, at 205 than he did at 185. But, I mean, he beat Aaron Jeffrey, who's a guy who I thought – um, you know, already belonged in the UFC in his own right. So, uh, yeah, yeah like, I, I don't think it's – I'm speaking out of turn saying, like, he'd be exciting – you know, Bohio is an exciting up-and-comer. Yep, very true. All right, um, quick peek at next week, week nine. We got, what, six fights. So what are you going to do, get one and a half wrong? How are you going to get 1.2 wrong? We had a oh, six-fight right. six one yeah. before, and I got five out of six right. My so rule is what, I 20... just get one wrong no matter what. Yeah, so you're 24 uh, and then six? now yeah because because we also had a four fight one and i got one yeah wrong. i went okay. three, and, okay. three and one in that one so it all evens out um all right. yeah in, in, there's some exciting ones on this fight card too uh i don't i don't have to get too too deep in that because we're no, obviously just, gonna, who who should people get in on or who should they get down sorry interrupt uh, we had a lag there who should they get on early if if um if their their book post lines soon who should people I, jump on I'm a big fan of Javid Basharat. Uh, he was supposed to fight earlier in okay. the season, um, and I was I was real jacked up to see him fight early in the season. Uh, he was supposed to fight that si- Simon Oliveira, who did he he wound up getting the contract? Simon Oliveira. Um, he's the one who beat Jose Alde by split decision. It's kind of a bad decision. I think he see. got a contract anyway. Um, Probably, but everyone but, did like, starting. Yeah, back back in the beginning, but. Uh, Javid Basharat, very fun striker. So, um, somebody to keep an eye on there is, is Basharat. Um, but yeah, like I, I, so, so that's one that I would keep an eye out for if they post an early line. But, uh, yeah, the, the rest of them, I think, 
I think there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve here for me on this week. This week's going to be a little bit of a tricky one because uh, there's a lot of people coming from the Performance Institute in China, and they have been right. notoriously hard for me to break down. Yes, yeah, but we had issues when they fought in the Uf- UFC a few what a few months back, more than a few months back, but yeah, the Jack whatever it was, part, yeah, the first big live right. one with Wei Li Zhang on it. Yeah, the next two weeks are a lot of uh, Chinese fighters, so it could be actually this could be your you, you could get the edge, Dan, because you know about every fighter and every organization. So uh, right <laughs> now you're saying Javi is Javi Basharat a Chinese fighter or not? No, Javi Basharat is Afghani, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And I um, mean, man, that's going to be terrible if I'm not correct about that. He's Middle uh, Eastern, how about we'll say? Yeah, he's not. Asian. He's actually from Afghanistan. That's correct. Oh, uh, good job. He, he trains out of. Uh, it says here England, so he trains okay. out of England, um, but he is originally from Afghanistan. All right, and the the gens are going to want to know what is a good line to get him at against Oren Kalan. Or so I'll be, you say that. I'll be I'll be real honest. I don't know a lot about Oren Collin right away. Um, so while I'm saying that this is a good guy to keep an eye on, and we want to make sure that we might be one of the first ones in on him, uh, I actually feel like I need to do a little bit more research on him before I feel real comfortable um, taking him because the, his opponent is a guy with a really good record against guys who I've mostly never heard of, um, and that sometimes plays up. I'll see a little footage on him, but I have not actually seen that guy fight before, which is pretty rare. Whoa, really? That is very rare. You're going to have to fix that. Yeah, uh, which so he, it, hmm. it's similar. I, I will say, too, and, and not to scare people off of my picks for this uh, upcoming Sunday, but uh, <gasps> that, is, that is true of uh, – all but one of the Chinese prospects too, and I've just like sort of seen them in passing. So uh, you're gonna have to fix that, Dan. Yeah, for sure. You're gonna fix that. You're gonna fix that. All right. So no, no one else though. Um, super strong. No, that's Jong, that's, that's the big one. Else. That's the big one to keep an eye on. Uh, and then just maybe uh, make sure you subscribe to the MMA Gambling specific feed so that you can get yes. my picks as quickly as I send them out. And uh, make sure you get into our uh, SGPN Slack because that's where. A lot of this um, deciding who to pick and whatnot uh, among the degens go down there with a super fan, Zhang Li and the bunch. Uh, they had another good night last night. I think a lot of them had, or at least Zhang uh, had, um, a lot were, was riding on that main event, which did not go the right way. So it may not have been a totally happy night for everyone there. But let's try to make Sunday or Saturday, excuse me, coming up a happy I guess it's not a night card, it's an afternoon card. Happy afternoon. Uh, before we get to the breakdown for actually this fight card's a little better than, than the past two weeks' cards, actually. It's this one's good. Like, this one's yeah, kind of like good. the last two weeks' cards uh, combined. And we just took the best off the last. This one's slightly above average, which is saying a lot <laughs> compared to what we've sat through. So, But it's not without his drama, so who knows? If if it, something happens to that top fight, then we're, we're in uh, trouble again, so... But before we get to that, let's tell you about WinBet. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. WinBet has some brand new bonuses. Check this out. New users can bet a dollar and win $100 in any sport. Plus, you can... Get up to $1,500, that's one five zero zero as a free bet on WinBet if you make a first deposit of $20 or more. Whatever your first wager is, WinBet will match it 200%. So, for example, I'll do the math for you here. If you bet $100, you will get a $200 free bet. That's pretty darn good. 
Max wager is 750 bucks and they will match it for 1500 bucks. So, all right, Dan, what are you, uh, what are you going to use one of these bonuses on? You going to bet on your Braves? What would you use it on? I, I don't, I, we generally, oh, right. do, remember, we don't talk about the Braves. Let's, let's, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's opening night for basketball at the time of us recording this, which, uh, obviously after I say that the, some of the picks I, I like for basketball tonight, uh, they will no longer be real ones, right. but, uh, I like, I like the Bulls minus six. Um, okay. Who are they, they playing tonight? They're, they're playing uh, the Pistons. Um, and okay. I, I don't know, you know, so I was a, a, a 90s bandwagon fan, which is why I'm a, yes. an Atlanta Braves fan and a Dallas Cowboys fan. Um, but if you look at the Bulls uh, in, in here in, in 2021, which is uh, no longer their Michael Jordan Bulls, and they've been lowly and pathetic for really? a, good, a good amount of years, um, they actually put together a pretty – Freaking good team. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic, uh, Alonzo Ball is now a freaking bull. It's it's pretty exciting. And even Alex Caruso looks really good. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see – I'm I'm excited to see the Bulls be decent again. No, I like that that pick because Detroit's garbage plus (laughs) plus their number one draft pick. I saw highlights he's not going to play tonight, Cade Cunningham. So that's – Perfect. Perfect timing. All right, so go to WinBet, do that. Um, get great promos, odds, and payouts happening right now at WinBet. For boosted parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Let's tell you about one more awesome place that we're sponsored by PropSwap. We are brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. MLB playoffs are in full swing, and PropSwap is your home for your the best World Series futures, but we're not going to talk about that because it's bad luck, apparently. <laughs> All season long, prop swappers have been finding the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will double it up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. If you love Sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time, so your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Thousands of bettors across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, let's get on to the event. We've got UFC Fight Night, Costa versus Vittori. We'll call it, probably call it UFC Vegas 51, or 41, excuse me. 51 will be coming soon enough, though. Um, so we got, as of now, we may as well get right to the controversy before we actually break down fights. Right now, we got Paula Costa versus Marvin Vittori in a middleweight fight. Um, that's headlining the main card uh, out of the UFC Apex, 4 o'clock Eastern. Uh, starting time for the main card on ESPN Plus prelims, 1 o'clock Eastern on ESPN Plus also. Um, we won't break down this fight right out of the gate, but Paula Costa apparently weighs 211 pounds as of Wednesday night. He weighs in in, what, less than two days now, right? Friday morning, he's supposed to be 185 pounds. Um, what's going on with Paula Costa, Dan? I think, so th- this is a hot take. I, I think he he thinks this is the right way to promote himself by being just a little off kilter and doing nutty things. I mean, like Nick Diaz did this how many weeks ago, right? Two or three weeks ago. And everybody was all on it. And I think he's just nutty enough to think like, Oh, it must've been coming in above weight and just saying, whatever, (laughs) we'll do a catch weight. That makes Nate or Nick Diaz so popular. 
because he's he's just he just seems crazy enough to do that because like I mean go back to his loss to Israel Adesanya when he said that he chugged a bottle of wine the night before yeah. and like either well, it works he, for John Jones right he, either he well I don't know if John Jones was drunk the <laughs> night before a fight but like either Paulo Costa did that and is batshit crazy right like it, that's option A option B is is somehow he thinks this is good marketing and you know what I'll say me and you were talking about it. Like we're, we, and we're talking about both of those controversies. So he may not be the most wrong person. However, I would say this is not a good move if your real goal is a second shot at Israel Adesanya. Yeah. Uh, because there ain't no way you come in at 195 for a 185 fight. They're turning around and giving you a 185-pound title fight. Yeah, especially the way he's been acting, too. And, like, yeah, he hasn't been making himself look so hot. So now yeah, like, His Twitter he, is wild, man. His yeah. Twitter is so fun. <laughs> it's not like he's he's in, uh, endeared himself to to the UFC brass and they feel like, um, you know, this is a guy we want to get behind and, and give another shot. And the fans are going to get behind because it's, it's pr- probably the opposite case. So as of now, Victoria, uh, angry Marvin says he will take angry the fight at, Marvin. <laughs> at, at any weight. But, like, I would be like, no, it's okay. We'll fight at middleweight or no weight. Thank you and uh, call his bluff um, and make him at least work hard to cut for the next couple of days. And then when it, when it gets to actually weigh in time, then you can, you know, if, if you're still willing to fight him, then you can worry about it then. But we'll break down that fight when we get to it. It's, um, we just thought instead of burying the lead, we would get that off uh, our chests right at the top. Um, and, hey, it could change by the time we, we finish recording here too. So who knows? All right, so UFC Vegas 41. We just had a fight added. I assume it's going to be the curtain jerker we'll, we'll at least break it down first as it is and it is a bantamweight fight men's bantamweight imagine that a bantamweight fight um jonathan martinez was versus tbd was his opponent for quite a long time uh tbd first alan patrick pulled out just fairly recently a few days ago and so then he was going to fight tbd no that was that he out. was supposed to he was supposed to fight alan patrick was supposed to fight mason jones alan oh right i'm sorry dude. yeah i'm sorry yeah, you're yeah, thinking uh, of aaron, aaron phillips was supposed to aaron fight phillips. uh yeah. jonathan martinez and by the way yes. jonathan martinez is a fill-in for chris motino who was right, supposed to fight true. aaron phillips yes. it's true um so martinez was set up to fight tbd which i thought was going to be a good fight I heard a lot of good things about TBD, but now TBD is, is pulled out also, and he's been replaced by a, a newcomer, right? Um, and the newcomer's name is Zayad Lash, Lavishvili, correct? Lavishvili, yes. Lavishvili. And the first name is Z-V-A-I-D. Name me one, one other word that starts with a Z and a V, Dan. <laughs> a are, Z, are, you, are you good at Z Scrabble? Yeah, uh, I, I, I am good at Scrabble, but that is not uh, I think I know off the top of my head. Yeah. No. Vajvili is a great Georgian name. It is. Yes, and he's from Atlanta, Georgia, correct. Yeah. Um, He's he's a Braves fan. So do you know much about him before I start? I know about him. Yeah, I've, I've seen him fight half a dozen times already. Wow! Let's and he was supposed to—he yep. was supposed to make his debut yeah. against Jack Shore too. Uh, and it's so true. he was supposed to fight all the way back in uh, September. So I think I watched even more of him back then. To um, fight, and then he got cut, right? Because he had some health issue, I think. And they said, "Oh, forget it." <laughs> I think is what happened with him. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, so so there was a report that he got cut, but uh, I, I heard that that report disputed in a bunch of places that he had not ever yeah. actually been cut, and he was instead 
um, still on the roster and was still going to get another fight. So, so I heard, you know, one source said he had been cut. Another source said that he's always been on the roster. So I, I kind of always thought he was, uh, you know, sort of a prime choice for like a late replacement like this. Yeah, and it doesn't really matter whether he was on the on the roster or not. Who cares? It's not like he, he wasn't he wasn't making any money uh, either way. So, uh, but now he's actually fighting. Uh, three days notice, uh, as of today, Wednesday, he stepped in for this fight. Um, he looks a little bit like um, the artist formerly known as Rusev. Uh, now he's known as Miro. He, I, now look at his face. Do you know that wrestler, Dan? His I face don't. No, I think him. I think that's after. That's my right. Time. You grew up. I forgot, no, I forgot. You, no, this is—he's a new guy, and you've—you've you've grown up. I forgot. You have more important things to do. You have to watch uh, Georgian uh, MMA in your spare time. So everybody should um, be watching no, Georgian MMA. If you're true. watching MMA from anywhere, you should be watching it from fucking Georgia. That's <laughs> true. That's hardcore. All right. Um, three days notice is UFC debut. Um, his record is even like I, I've seen it at twelve and zero in multiple places, and like, topology is we'll go with. But sure dog when he has him at eight and zero, um, looks like a lot of his fights are against like people with no records or people they've people have never heard of before. But uh, apparently he's twelve and zero. I'm gonna go with what tap, topology says with nine submissions. So we know the way uh, he's he's looking to win fights. Uh, this is his debut. He last fought September 2020. In that fight, he won the LFA championship, bantamweight championship, uh, via submission. Imagine that, which is impressive because LFA, as we said before, is probably the, the top feeder uh, organization for uh, the UFC or the, the top regional uh, promotion. And he is uh, going up against Mr. Jonathan Martinez, who is known as the Dragon. He's 13 and four with seven knockouts, two submissions. He's four and three in the UFC. I don't think he's been submitted very often. Because I didn't mark down a bunch of submission losses for him. Let me check now that I know. Zavalishvili is such a uh, submission dude. Um, he has been submitted never a clock, so 0.0 times. So um, that's something to keep in mind when you're when you break down this fight. So, like I said, four and three in the UFC. He lost via knockout his last fight. However, that was his first loss in his last three. He's, he's gone two and one. Used to fight at. Bantamweight, uh, sorry, uh, featherweight. He also used to fight at uh, flyweight. This is right in the middle of two. This is at bantamweight. Uh, he's missed weight in the past. He's got two inches of height, one inch of reach, three years younger. Uh, no odds have been posted for this yet uh, because it's such a uh, fresh fight uh, that no place has posted odds for it yet. Um, I'm leaning Martinez unless Dan uh, has a lot of good things to say about uh, Las Villi just because three days notice is uh, quite a task and Fighters coming in on short notice of what he won 39% of the time over the past two years. So I'm, I'm going with my stats here, unless Dan can convince me either uh, to to uh, ignore the stats and, and go with my gut and go with what Dan says. I, I'm going to go with Lazarus. Really? Uh, What's yeah. his name? Lazarusvili. Uh, there yeah. you go. I'm going to go with Lazarus Philly, mostly because, man, you can't even just switch to his first name because it's twice as hard. Um, I know. I'm going to go with the Georgian. Uh, the reason I'm going to go with the Georgian is, you know, very, very typical to what you imagine from most Georgian MMA fighters. Although I guess they've kind of come in with a diverse set of skills, right? Leah Tapuria is more of a striker and a danger right. there. And <laughs> Roman Dawidze is a big power puncher. But, like, he, he reminds me more of Marab Devalishvili than any of those guys. Uh, he's got really good wrestling. He, that fight he won uh, for the LFA title was over Ricky Steele, which – um, is a name people should know because Ricky Steele, first of all, won a fight on the Ultimate Fighter. 
uh, but then was taken off of that season due to an injury. Uh, he then got a fight on the Contender Series and won that as well. Uh, but people didn't think he looked good enough in it. He won a split decision. Uh, so he has wins on the Contender Series, on the Ultimate Fighter, um, including on the Ultimate Fighter against a guy who wound up in the UFC and Suman Mokhtarian. So he, he beat a really good opponent, and he did it with his wrestling. I, I was really impressed with him in that fight. And the thing I will say about Jonathan Martinez, too, is that seems to be an issue for him or has been in the past. Uh, you know, like, not not that he gets taken down at will, but, like, if you go back to his first UFC fight, he lost to Andre Sukumta, who took him down three times. And, like, that dude's a kickboxer, right? And he's no longer in the UFC. Um, you know, yep. you, you go you go back yep. to Frankie Signs. He did beat Frankie Signs with a knee, but he did also get taken down by Frankie Signs, who is a decent wrestler, too. So, like, he got taken down three times by, you know, Waligi Buren, who's a, a Chinese fighter who, you know, pretty decent grappler, but not on the level of Lazishvili. So I think I'm going to go with Lazishvili. I will be interested to see where these odds get posted because, like you said, um, I mean, Jonathan Martinez was a huge favorite over Aaron Phillips. That one was, you know, inching towards negative 400. So I'll be interested to see where it gets posted, but especially if I see a plus number against Lazishvili, I'm going to go with him. All right, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell you on this because everything you said sounds good and it's true. Uh, Martinez does not does not have the best wrestling. Um, where do you? Oh, I got a line, Dan. I was gonna ask you where do you think the line's gonna come, and I got a line. What do you think the line is? I'm gonna say um, that Martinez comes in as a slight favorite, but smaller than the favorite he was going to be against Aaron Phillips, who I don't think is particularly good. I'll say uh, Jonathan Martinez negative one seventy. Sadly, no, Dan. We're, we're getting minus 195 for our man, La, Vili, La Bish Billy. Oh, so, uh, so I, actually just a, I actually just picked a huge favorite. Oh, look at that. We <laughs> did. Yeah, yeah, way to go, Dan. I thought we were getting underdog money, but no. Yeah, I was hoping yep, we, we were could. getting underdog money because I think it, it would have been a steal. Yeah. Because uh, I, I, think the book, I think the book's got this one right. Well, that's good, though. Usually the books are correct. So, what, 67% uh, the favorites are winning? So we will take the favorite here. All right, on. we got a Canadian. Canadian uh, alert. Canadian alert. How long she'll be in the UFC after this, though? I'm not sure. Uh, women's strawweight, Livia Renata Souza versus the Canadian, Iraqi-Canadian, Randa Marcos. We got the Brazilian gangster versus Quiet Storm. <clears throat> All right. Um, let's go Quiet Storm. Listen to this record of hers. 10, 11, and 1. With four submissions. Her UFC record, even better. 6-10-1 in the UFC. 0-4 uh, over her last four. 1-5 over her last six. She was in the Ultimate Fighter where she went 2-1. Uh, she has missed weight in the past. She's an inch taller than Souza. More active strikers, meaning that she lands more strikes on average per fight than Souza does. She's at plus 105. The Brazilian gangster, 14-3. Two knockouts, eight submissions. 3-2 in the UFC. She lost via not, uh, TKO last fight. She's got a loss-win-loss over her last three. So she's due for a win. Uh, she was in Invicta, the all women's, the top women's promotion, other than the UFC, uh, she, where she went four one and was the champion. She also has multiple regional uh, championships in her native Brazil before going to the big time. Six years younger, grappling stats in her favor, which is a big thing because Marcos relies on on wrestling mostly. Uh, minus one thirty nine. I will will be taking chalk here, uh, and I will be going against my fellow Canadians. Yeah, give me Souza. This one's not even worth talking about very long. Like, she needs a clear wrestling advantage in a fight to win. She doesn't have it. I'd have it. 
Nope. She, she, she does not have it. So there it is. There's your breakdown. Uh, this is a long fight card and laboring the point on the Azusa <laughs> stuffing. She could have stuffed 12 straight takedowns and then just blister Randa Marcos' face when yeah. a very ugly one-sided decision. Yeah, Randa Marcos is one of those um, faces that uh, get damaged very easily too. So it, it could get ugly, unfortunately. Um, yeah, and that's a good line, minus 139. I, uh, I'm liking that all day long. Um, for Souza. Um, all right, before we go on, let me tell you about Keeps. Um, is is your child uh, comparing you to um, who, who do you compare me to again? Shamir Abdurakimov. Shamir Abdurakimov. Do you get stopped in the street by people thinking that you're Alexei Olenek? Has that ever happened to you, Dan? No, no. Well, that, it happens that, to me that, all the time. <laughs> yeah. Which me, which means Keeps is probably something I want to want to uh, pay attention to here because Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair. That's a good name for it. Keeps uh, convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months. You don't have to leave your home. Low cost treatments are at just ten dollars per month, and Keeps offers generic versions, discreet packaging, and proven results. Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. Prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results, so act fast. Do that, Dan. Act fast. You may not be going bald yet, Dan, but you may in four to six months. So come on. Is there a uh, history in your family? Will you will you go bald, Dan, like the rest of us? Uh, I think one of my grandpas was uh, balding, not bald. Uh, but like, no, mostly just like thick heads of hair on this side. We go gray very early. You know, I'm in my uh, early thirties, and and um. The sides are are getting getting pretty bright here, uh, but, well, but you no, have had no, kids, no hair man. loss, man. No hair loss. Good. You shouldn't have you shouldn't have had kids if you didn't want gray hair, though. Come on, that's uh, everybody knows that. All right, so that's Dan's another another thing he's lucky at. He does not lose his hair. But if you're not as lucky as Dan, keeps. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to k e e p s dot com slash sgp to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's k e e p s dot com slash sgp to get your first month free. k e e p s dot com slash sgp. All right, enough spelling. Let's talk about more fist to cuffs. We'll move on to flyweights. Jeff Molina or Jeffrey Molino, if you rather. He goes by both. Versus Daniel Lacerda. Versus Lacerda. Lacerda. Um, we got El Jefe for uh, Jeff Molina. I'm thinking that may have to be my new nickname that I steal, be, me being the nickname Nabber. El Jefe would be a very good nickname for me. So yeah, I, I, think I, like, I think I like Daniel Lacerda's better for you. Daniel Lacerda's is Miojo, which means Ra- ramen, ramen noodles. noodles. <laughs> ramen noodles, which I do love ramen. So, yeah, either of those would be good. Um, ramen noodles is a fantastic nickname. That's what, the um, best nickname in, in MMA right now. Where is he, where is he from? What language is that? That's uh, Portuguese. Oh, he's, oh, okay. He's Brazilian. All right. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, do you know why he's called ramen noodles? I, I don't. I want to know so bad. Get him on the podcast, Dan. Come on. <laughs> we're, we're, we'll work on it. Daniel, let's right. get at me. <laughs> all right. Uh, he is 11-1. Five knockouts, six submissions. So everything is a finish in his uh, pro record up to the state. This will be his UFC debut. He's won three straight fights. He's at plus 145. El Jefe, 9-2. Three knockouts, four submissions, one and only UFC, one and no contender series. He's won eight straight fights. He's a year younger. He's minus 186. Um, I'll let you go first. I haven't seen Lacerda. Tell me about ramen noodles. Uh, I love ramen noodles, uh, not the actual food. I'm actually not a ramen guy, as long as we're being really? real honest. But I do like the fighter. Uh, Lacerda, really fun. A lot of, uh, a lot of very high-powered and high-speed kicks. 
Um, he is he's a guy who throws like um, with with almost like no windup whatsoever, um, which, which is really fun to watch, especially at flyweight. Um, he has like sneaky good jujitsu too, which people I think sleep on because while you mentioned all of those submission wins, like once you see him kick, you're gonna remember him kicking and you're gonna forget that he's got like a damn good double leg takedown and some like real good jujitsu. So I, I think actually he's a really fun guy for them to have signed into the flyweight division. He really feels like a guy they would have put on contender series, but instead they hired him straight to the UFC and actually. That only loss that you mentioned was because he hurt his shoulder in a takedown. Um, it wasn't actually like a real deal loss. Like he, he was better than that guy, probably would have beat the hell out of that guy. Um, just hurt his shoulder, I believe, shooting his own takedown, which is uh, obviously not good. But, um, yeah, he's, he's super fun to watch. Um, and he's only 25, which is real young, um, especially that, that flyweight division could use a couple of uh, young and up-and-comers. Not that, that Molina isn't also yep. that. All right, so what's what's your pick? I think I'm gonna go with Lacerda. I like the, yeah. the newcomer. I think he's I think he's fun enough striking. Um, like Molina has got that like James Krause style that's really exciting to watch. But um, yep. I just think he's a touch slower than Lacerda. And I think if he does try to go to the wrestling game plan, I, I like the jujitsu of Lacerda better too because Molina can wrestle a little bit, um, which I think people forget too. But I think the jujitsu of Lacerda worries me if he does try to do that. All right, I'm, I'm going to take Molina. Um, I'll go with the known quantity, and we shall see. So, uh, Dad's always going out in the limb for for the dogs. So, um, this this card be, especially this card you're going to get me yeah? you're going to get me in on some dogs. All right, good because dogs came back full force last week. Half half the wins were via dogs. All right, let's move into lightweights. Comma worthy. Jar- Jai Herbert, we got the Death Star, Kama Worthy versus the Black Country Banger. Jai Herbert, um, wasn't Herbert on the Top Turtle podcast? Herbert and uh, Kama Worthy have both been on the Top Turtle okay. podcast. Yeah. Anybody else that I? Anybody else we've been through? Uh, Jeff Molina Jeff. has been on there. Random Marcos has him. been. Random Marcos has been on there. Jonathan Martinez yep. has been on there. So at least one person in every fight so far. Oh boy, and I picked some of them too. Yikes. All right, um, let's see how we do here. The Death Star would do first. Come worthy. 16 and 8, 9 knockouts, 3 submissions. He's been knocked out himself 7 times. That's uh, a little scary. 7 out of his 8 losses come to a knockout. 2 and 2 in the UFC. He's been knocked out or TKO in his last two fights. He was a 24-7 and the SOFC champ. Do you know either of those uh, promotions, Dan? Um, say, say uh, I 24-7. Yeah, the that one that it's it's actually not twenty four seven. It's two forty seven, if I'm not oh, mistaken, because really? that's the um, area code for Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm I pretty so. sure I'm pretty sure I only know about that one because I think the media guy for that uh, MMA organization now is Hunter Homestick, who used to yep. be my editor uh, at a previous website I worked for. I think he does yep. media for them now. So um, if I'm not mistaken, two forty seven is Pittsburgh's area code. Okay. Uh, do you know SOFC, whatever that's I for? I don't know that one. Wow. No, no, I'm not familiar with that. Anyhow, he, he was a champ in both of those. Uh, he used to fight at Bantamweight. Um, this one is way up at lightweight. Um, striking stats in his favor, plus he lands three times more strikes than Herbert. Grappling stats also in his favor, plus 142. Uh, Herbert, the black country banger, 10-3 and three with eight knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out himself twice, so two out of his three losses come be a knockout. 
He's 0-2 in the UFC. He got finished in both fights, TKO and a submission, I believe. He was the Cage Warriors champion. I have heard of that promotion um, over, in, <laughs> over in the UK. That's uh, a fairly big one, so good for him. Two inches of height, three inches of reach, two years younger, minus 180. I'll, I'm going Death Star. I, I want a plus 142 in this fight. I'm going Death Star too. Yeah, this okay. is another underdog I really like. Um, part of the reason why both guys being big punchers, um, yep. for me, the difference maker in here, uh, you know, both guys have been knocked out. Uh, yep. You know, Kama Worthy by Jamie Malarkey and Atman Aziatar, who are a little bit more you think of as knockout guys. Jai Herbert got knocked out by Francisco Trinaldo. That, to me, already a little alarming because um, that dude doesn't knock anybody out, really. Um, and the thing about this, too, is that the way that they start fights, Jai Herbert does a lot of, like, he does this thing where you'll throw his jab out, but he'll leave his arm out there just to kind of, like, measure how far you are away. And to me, that just reads... Uh, you're about to get fucking blitzed by Kama Worthy and, and popped on mm-hmm. the chin. And, and when Kama Worthy does that early in fights, I mean, he turns people's lights off. That, that's how he beat Devontae Smith, who, you know, for my money, Devontae Smith is a better fighter than Kama Worthy. Um, so, yeah. you know, that's how he did it. Um, so I guess we'll see. I think this is an interesting one, especially with two guys who seem to be fighting for their jobs on losing streaks right here. But yeah. I, I think I think Worthy's got a little bit more power and a little bit more danger here. Um, it is a little bit faster of a starter. So we agree that he's a worthy underdog pick. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, uh, he should have done a Star Wars pun. Because I, 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 I think he has the force in his hands, you know? Does he? There yeah. you go. See, Dan, Dan's a dad, too. He, he's got the dad jokes. Um, remember a few episodes back when I made you laugh for real? That was so. Yeah, cool. well, I mean, it's not that I, it's not that I don't laugh sometimes, but it, it yeah. like took me a second to get whatever one you had said, and then I was like, oh fuck, that actually got me. Yeah. Well, yes, it was a good one. All right, um, middleweight Jamie Pickett, Loriano Staropoli. Um, Staropoli is a El Matador. I think that translates to the Matador, possibly. It does. Um, it does. Wow. Matter. He's also known as Pepe. He should just put those together. Pepe El Matador could be a nickname. Um, I, I think I just like Pepe. Yeah, that's good. And the picket's the Night Wolf, which I don't really like. It's kind of creepy. Yeah, and it's um, kind of – seems like you're trying too hard, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like, like a serial killer would would have a name like that, right? Yeah. The Night Wolf, yeah. Um, all right, Pickett, 11-6 and six, with eight knockouts, one submission. He's 0-2 in the UFC. Uh, oh, yeah, this is the guy who Dan uh, besmirched the uh, other episode who took <laughs> three kicks of the can on Dana White Contender Series before he actually got hired. He was 1-2 and two on the Contender Series. He's an inch shorter than Stropoli. He's got nine inches of reach, which not tipping my hand here, but that makes me a little nervous. Um, grappling stats in the favor, plus 195. Uh, Pepe the Matador is 9-4 and four with five knockouts, two submissions. Two and three in the UFC. He's lost three straight fights. That also gives me pause um, after winning his first two. He used to fight at welterweight, but I say this one's out. Middleweight? Yeah, middleweight. Uh, he's missed weight in the past, which probably explains why he's at middleweight now. Five years younger than Pickett. Striking and active striking in his favor, minus 250. I'm leaning for, for the chalk here. Um, make me feel good about it, Dan. Yeah, I think you do lean to the chalk here. There's, yes. there's a lot of issues with Jamie Pickett for me. Um, the biggest one is if you look at when he did finally get that contract on the Contender Series against Jonathan yep. Potti, the combinations that he throws are basically like his hands retract only to his shoulders and only to throw another punch. They never go back to his chin to protect his face. And and Seropoli, 
throws mean counters. Like he he hits people with mean counters. And the other thing is he won't just back up if if Pickett throws one of those blitzes. He's gonna hold his ground and just smoke him. So uh, not only am I picking Staropoli, I, I actually think this one ends pretty damn quick. Ooh, are we saying a prop bet, perhaps? A knockout is you what you're saying, Dan? You will, you will have to stay tuned to yeah, the end of true. the show, and then I will tell you all <laughs> the prop bets. So I have to stick around. Damn it. Uh, all right. I guess I'll have to stick around now. Let's uh, move on. Women's strawweight, Tabitha Ricci versus Maria de Oliveira Nita. But I think she just goes by uh, uh, Oliveira as her last name. She is the spider girl, and Ricci is the baby shark. I just read uh, an article about Ricci today on MMA-Manifesto.com. So um may have swayed my pick. No, actually, I already, uh, already have my pick decided. But regardless, we got Baby Shark versus Spider-Girl. Let's go Spider-Girl Oliveira first. This will be her USC debut. She's 12-4 and four with seven knockouts, one submission. She's been uh, submitted twice, so half of her losses have come via submission. All in one in the Contender Series, one and one in Ryzen over in Japan. Four inches of height, eight inches of reach, one year younger, plus 185. Uh, the Baby Shark is 5-1 and one with one knockout, two submissions. I think I sang Baby Shark last time. I don't feel like it this time. So. <laughs> Appreciate um, it. <laughs> yep. She's 0-1 uh, in the UFC. She got TKO'd. So that, was, that was by some no-name named Manon Fioro, and I think it was on short notice too, correct? And up a weight class. Yeah. And up a weight class, yes. She used to fight up a weight class. This is that strawweight. That was that flyweight. She's minus 240. Richie's the obvious pick here, right, despite the big size gap we got. You know, I I actually this is one of the ones I flip flopped back and forth yeah. multiple times over the course of this week. Um, I yeah, I was originally real in on Ricci, um, both because she was on Top Turtle, which always helps me guide uh, my pick towards that person, but also because she's a judo black belt and a jujitsu black belt. She's a very good grappler. Um, but the more and more I've watched of Maria Oliveira, because I, I, at first I had just watched her Contender Series fight, which was against Marina Rodriguez, which is a fucking very hard way to judge any straw weight in the world, especially one who's not currently in the UFC. And she actually had her moments in that fight where her striking looked like it was holding up. Um, then she got like double leg takedown, which I, I don't think she was expecting Marina Rodriguez to do. And I just kind of wrote it off. She must have shitty takedown defense, right? If Marina Rodriguez got took her down but I think it was more the element of surprise and then I went back and looked at a lot of her other fights and her takedown defense is pretty good her reach is she uses a reach kind of well man the more and more I've watched her the more and more I like Maria Oliveira and I will say this while I was originally way in on Tabitha Ricci early in the week the more the odds keep wandering in the opposite direction because they the bets keep coming in on Tabitha Ricci that's the scary thing too yeah uh, the more yeah. and more I think about it, if I have $100 and I have to stick it on this fight, I'm putting it on Maria Oliveira. I, I think she's right. the right, right place to put on a box. So the article you wrote from my website is a bunch of garbage is what you're it saying. It is yeah. now, yeah. Look, oh hey, I flip-flop <laughs> once in a while, and there's That's only right. a few people who read everything I write and listen <laughs> to everything I say. <laughs> you happen to be one of them, so you get to see the, the contradictions that go on in my mind. Yes. All right. I'll I'll stick with Ricci. Um, at the back. Of my um, so we got another one. Dan's going in all in on another dog. He he told warned us in advance. Um, you're you're hating on the. Oh no, I guess she's Brazilian too. I was gonna say you're hating yeah. on the Brazilians because you didn't take Lacerda. Um, but That's then true. but then again, you did take uh Souza and, and Ricci's yep. Brazilian as well. So I guess maybe you're not. There you go. Brazilians. There you go. No, I am not a hater. Uh, I hate everyone equally. Don't worry. Uh, lightweights. David Onama versus Mason Jones. 
Um, Mason Jones is, is the dragon, in case you wondered. Uh, Onama just took this fight short notice. Um, this will be his UFC debut. He last fought uh, two weeks ago, October the 8th. Um, he's 8-0 as a pro, five knockouts, three submissions. Everything's been the finish for him. He's inch taller than Jones. I do not have any uh, reach inf- info for Onama, so I can't tell you who has the longer reach. Um, he's at plus 380. Uh, Jones, 10-1 with one no contest, four knockouts, three submissions, never been finished in a fight. 0-1 with one no contest in the UFC. He also was a Cage Warriors champion. Used to fight at welterweight. This one's down at light. Wait, he's at minus 550. First, uh, do you know anything about Onama? And then uh, tell us who, who your pick is. Mine's Jones, obviously. Yeah, I, I saw Onama, you know, just two weeks ago. He was on um, yes. that, that promotion you just mentioned, FAC, which is on Fight Pass, uh, actually. And um, on that, that, that fight card, uh, he looked pretty damn good. As a matter of fact, that was announced by... Uh, Dude, who I really like, Justin Bricker, um, who who you should hear, listen to announced fights. So listen to FAC sometimes. Um, but yeah, like he he looked really good, and he continues to look really good. But the one thing you don't see from him is him facing anybody who can grapple with him, and he has a tendency when people faint to back up. Um, so I think with Mason Jones being so crafty and so smart, he just faints a whole bunch of times until he gets David Oyama to the back of the cage, and then you're gonna see. David Onama fighting a guy who grapples better than most people on the planet. And it's going to become really clear that David Onama has not fought anybody like that before. And Mason Jones is good too, right? He's He's so freaking good. He's had bad luck in the UFC yet. He's had real bad luck in the UFC. I mean, like I actually had him winning that Mike Davis fight. And I, I stand by that pick originally. He was beating the piss out of Alan Patrick, who was supposed to fight him here too. Um, before Alan Patrick got poked in the eye and wanted no part of continuing because he was getting beat up real bad. So, yeah, I mean, like, I, I'm still in on Mason Jones, who, by the way, has also been on the Top Turtle MMA oh, podcast, God. as is Tabitha uh, Ricci, which is... Uh, oh, God. We're currently at exactly one fight, uh, just Lariano Staropoli yes. and Jamie Pickett, where I haven't interviewed at least one of them. <laughs> Man, I've... And I'm picking so many of them. I don't think you've interviewed either of our prelim main eventers, uh, middleweights, John Young Park and Gregory Rodriguez. Rodriguez. I don't know if either of them actually speak English, so I don't think you've had either of them on. Have Gregory you? Rodriguez does. Yeah. Does uh, yeah. Alex Petewin, who I listen to his interviews once in a while, has uh, okay. regularly has him on. Okay, good. Uh, he's known as not that I care. Not not that English is better. Don't everyone get mad at me. <laughs> I said good, but I don't care what language you speak. Uh, just don't speak to me in any language whatsoever, please. Because um, we don't like people. Dan doesn't either, right, Dan? No, I don't like people. Exactly. All right, but Rodriguez is not a person. He's a RoboCop. So maybe, maybe, and <laughs> and Park Park is Park isn't a person either. He's an Iron Turtle. So maybe maybe we can hang out with these people. Um, Rodriguez also looks like Obama, which I've seen him doing lots of stuff of on uh, on uh, Twitter and whatnot. Um, this is basically a pick 'em fight. Let's uh, tell you about Rodriguez first. The RoboCop, ten and three, four knockouts, four submissions. Very very um, balanced. He's been knocked out himself twice. The so two out of three losses have come via knockout. One and all in the UFC. That's part of a three-fight winning streak he's currently on. He's all and one on the Contender Series. He also was an LFA champion back in the day. He's five inches taller than Park, two inches of reach, striking and active striking stats in the favor, minus 110. The Iron Turtle is 13-4 and four with five knockouts, three submissions. He's been subbed twice, so half of his losses have come via submission. 3-1 in the UFC. He dropped his debut and has won three straight. 
He was the Yawara champ. Have you ever watched Yawara? I have not. No. I think it's probably in Korea, I'm guessing. Um, He used to fight at welterweight. He's got the grappling stats in his favor, minus 118. So um, how do you break? uh, This is one of the fights I have. I have a pick, but it's a question mark beside us. Let's hear you break it down first, Dan. This is 1,000% the toughest fight on this whole card to pick. Yeah. Um, You know, with the exception of the craziness around the main event. John Young Park has looked really good in his takedowns as of late, especially when he was tripping Tavon Chukwe, like, pretty much at will. Um, But Chukwe kept entering that clinch and, like, asking him to do it. So, like... I don't know how much you can take from that. And Gregory Rodriguez is supposedly supposed to have really good wrestling and jiu-jitsu, but he didn't necessarily use that as much as I would have liked him to against Dushko Todorovic. He seems to wind up liking striking. I think he's probably a better power striker than Jung Young Park, but like Park is probably a better technical striker and more likely to win a decision there. So it, it's a very weird fight to break down. Ultimately, the way I'm going with it is I'm going to take the Iron Turtle, Jung Young Park. Um, I'm going to take him because I think his wrestling in might play up a little bit higher than people realize. I think he might find himself in better positions. And regardless of whether or not I think he does better in the wrestling early on, I think ultimately he's got the better gas tank and the the exchanges early, I think are really going to tire Gregory Rodriguez out to the point where I think he kind of has to get a finish early or not win. All right. I'm I'm taking Rodriguez. Um, But yeah, this is a hard one to break down. He's got um, better striker, better size, and he's got the sub skills if he does um, find himself on his back. So let's, let's do it. Like I said, it's pretty much a a toss up pick and fight. And I think you might've said the title of the, podcast in that breakdown trip and tafon chukwi i like i like trip, how that sounds trip and, trip and tafon chukwi yes that's what you said i like i like it. it that's always like the biggest pressure on me while we're recording this is like hopefully something hoping something is said that i can use it as a title so now i'm okay uh first prediction strike have you heard of it you wish you could have had stock in a guy like Patrick Mahomes or Christian McCaffrey. Well, now Prediction Strike makes that, that a real possibility. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. It's like Robinhood or DraftKings had a baby. Prediction Strike lets fans create portfolios of their favorite athletes so they can make money and get even closer to the game. Don't just bet on your favorite players. Start investing in them. Simply download Prediction Strike's new and easy-to-use app from the App Store or sign up at predictionstrike.com to create an account. Use promo code SGPNMMA. Then deposit funds to buy, sell, and hold shares of your favorite players, just like you would real stocks. The value of players would change based upon game performance and supply and demand, and you can trade your shares of players at any time, as long as the player isn't currently in the game. Sign up with the promo code SGPNMMA to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. Uh, Dan wrote an article on how to play on the, on the sportsgamblingpodcast.com network if you want to search for it. Also, if you're in our Slack, if uh, go into our general channel on Slack, today and everyone is talking about prediction strike right now because everybody is in playing it and trying to figure out the best way to make money on it so um, check that out also if you're downloading apps and you haven't already downloaded the sgpn app we are now live in the app store and google play we give you easy access to all our picks and podcasts and if you could give us an amazing app review that would help out also all right let's go to the main card ad free as we like to do it around here all right light heavyweights nicolay Okay, I gotta remember how to say this, Dad. Nugumaranu, 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 Nugumaranu. Right, right, right. Versus Ike Villanueva. I know how to say that one. Hurricane Ike versus Nick. You can you can call um, 
Nikolai Nick. I'll just call him Nick. That's uh, that's a great nickname. Um, it's kind of a pun. Also, nickname. Ha ha. Hurricane Ike. 18 and 12 with 15 knockouts. He's been knocked out himself six times, and he's been subbed five times. So he's only once gone to the decision and lost. Um, he's one and three in the UFC. He lost via KO his last fight. He used to be a heavyweight. He also used to be a middleweight. He was the Fury FC champ. I'm sure you've watched Fury FC, right? Yeah, but they've gotten go. really good lately. There you go. Uh, he was one and no Bellator. I've never heard of that. I think that's a, a fighting organization also, though. Yes, um, it, Dan, it is. I, I, yeah. I can confirm that. You've watched it before? Once or twice. Okay. Uh, he's an inch taller. The Nick. Striking and active striking stats in his favor. Grappling in his favor. Plus 190. Nick is 10-1. and one, Six knockouts. Three submissions. Never been finished in a fight. 1-1 one one in the UFC. Won his last fight. Five inches of reach. Ten years younger than Hurricane Ike. Minus 271. Uh, chalk for me, please. Yeah, I'm going to go with Nugumaranu. Um, I was originally very low on him for his loss to Samarabek Safarov. But yep. the bottom line is, is like if you, if you look at how he looked in that um, Alexa Kamer fight, it, it gave me a lot of faith in him. I, I think there's still a lot of questions around him, and there's some things that are maybe not all that good. But I, I do think, you know, while I really love Ike Villain in a way that he's also been on the top title on the podcast, um, <sighs> I, I – while I really like Ike Villain to wave as a person, I think kind of like he's a, a really late bloomer in the MMA world. He's kind of like figuring it out late. And as a result, he's he's kind of a lot slower than the guys he's fighting. And I think that's going to be a huge issue here. Yep. Ten years younger uh, is, is one of the keys, too. You don't usually see a guy ten years older than another guy win a fight. That was like, like the old guy in the uh, contender series last night. 39-year-olds don't tend to win a heck of a lot of fights. Um, all right. So we had another – people probably wonder why we're talking about Top Turtle if they haven't listened before. Dan hosts the <laughs> Top Turtle MMA podcast, and he interviews a lot of these people. So that's why we're mentioning it. And it's uh, for a while there we thought it was a, a jinx to be on Top Turtle, but I think so many people have been on it now. It's not really a jinx anymore. I think we've decided so. Um, it may cause your insides to fall out or you to get in the car accident. But other than that, uh, I think you're okay. If you, make, if you make it to the cage, I think you're cool. Uh, uh, welterweights. Dwight Grant, Francisco Tornado. Have you had other of these people on your podcast? Uh, no, I don't think either of those two. No. Nope. <laughs> Tornado, Dan just Dan just crapped all over him earlier, and he's on he's on the uh, on the fight card here. So um, we got the body snatcher. That's Grant's name, and Masaranduba is Tornado, which is a type of tree. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know I know my stuff, Dan. I remember we we've uh, we've broken him down already. Yeah, we we doing this. We talked about that tree for like a good we while. Did. About. <laughs> we did. We've done so many episodes now. Like a lot of these people are coming through the second or third time already that we're breaking them down. And so. now you're now you're a nickname expert. Exactly. I'm a nickname nabber also. Um. All right. The body snatcher will do first. He's 11 through seven knockouts, three and two in the UFC. He's gone win loss win over his last three fights. Uh. He's one and zero in the contender series. One and zero in Bellator. Four inches of height. Six inches of reach. Six years younger. Striking and active striking stats in his favor. Plus 100. Um, the tree man, Masaraduba, is 26 and 8, nine knockouts, five submissions. He's been subbed three times, uh, 16 and 7 in the UFC, three and one over his last four fights. He lost his last fight. He was, was on a three fight win streak. He used to be a lightweight, but then he was having trouble making weight, and so now he's up at welterweight. He was the jungle fight champ, which I'm sure Dan's watched plenty of. Um, he was one on one in the ultimate fighter. He also was a pro kickboxer. He's at minus 130. I'll go with the even money. I'll take the plus money on the younger, bigger, better striker in Grant. 
Yeah, I'm going to go with Dwight Grant, too. I, I'm not super confident in it, but here's no. why I'm not super confident and why I'm going to, like, shy away from actually betting this fight is that you can't predict what Francisco Trinaldo is going to show up. That dude is such an anomaly. Sometimes he's active. Sometimes he's not active. Like, he's never had power punching, and then suddenly he knocked Jai Herbert, like, absolutely stiff. So, like, I, I hate thinking about Francisco Trinaldo fights. Um, and Dwight Grant's not, like, an easy pick either. Like, he, he's been kind of back and forth. Although, granted, his loss, most recent loss is to Daniel Rodriguez, so certainly no shame in that. And I'm not really sure he won that fight with Alan Joban either, but, like, those are at least good guys to be having a tough time with. So, yeah, I do like Dwight Grant here. I, I think he probably touches him up on the feet from distance, and we just see, like, especially if we see a complacent uh, Francisco Trinaldo. All righty, moving on. Featherweights, Alex Caceres. Sung Woo Choi in a featherweight fight, as I said. So we've got Bruce Lee Wright, Alex Caceres versus Sting is Choi's nickname. We haven't been really voting on nicknames uh, this episode, but obviously Bruce, Bruce Lee Wright is going to win this one. One of the greatest um, nicknames ever. Yes. <laughs> uh, he's been in the UFC for a very long time. I was breaking down his, going through all his old fights to uh, figure out his pay for the MMA-Manifesto.com website. He's fought so many guys I never heard of or I don't remember at this point. It's crazy. I'm sure you I'm sure you you remember them all, but there's a lot of guys. Throw, throw me throw me one name. All right. Let's go. Let's go. A lot of I'm gonna find and I'll see, no if, I can tell you, I see if I can tell you something about him. All right. He's been in the UFC since twenty eleven. Yeah, when he was on the ultimate fighter with yep. uh Savak Makashvelin and Michael Johnson and Kyle Watson. Yep. There you go. See, it's uh, maybe hard to stump that. Okay, the first name that I didn't recognize was from 2012, Motonobu Tezuka. He oh, Motonobu Tezuka win. was um oh. he was that Japanese fighter who had like a uh, pretty good wrestling, and it turned out that uh, he couldn't do anything if he couldn't get you to the ground. He was like completely incompetent. Um, Amazing. But like he had like I want to say he had like. And correct me if I'm wrong, because you'll be able to, like, click things. I think he had, like, 20 wins when he came to the UFC from all kinds of weird Japanese regional fights. Uh, probably, like, Shudo Brazil or Shudo Japan a whole bunch of times. But uh, he was actually pretty terrible. No, I, I can't click because he does not have a Wikipedia page. Uh, Maceo Fullen. I remember the name, but I don't Oh, Maceo Fullen was on – he was on um, the – I believe the first Latin American Ultimate Fighter. And he was – comes back to it. And he just fought on some regional fight card, like, the other day um, that I was going to watch and then I didn't watch, and he was the co-main event. God, what was that card? I'm going to look that up. But anyway, back to Bruce Lee, right? We're, we're off on a tangent. All right. Let's just go back to Bruce Lee. So Dan obviously knows all these people. Let's break down Lee Ray first. He's 18-12 to 12 with one no contest. He's got three knockouts, six submissions, so half of his wins have come via finish. He's been subbed seven times in his career. Uh Shouldn't be an issue here because uh, Choi hasn't won via submission ever. Um, he's won four straight fights, five and one over his last six. He was two and one in the Ultimate Fighter. Is it all comes back to the Ultimate Fighter? Used to fight at bantamweight. Uh, usually he fights at featherweight though, so this is his normal class. Striking and active striking stats in his favor, plus two forty. Um, Choi ten and three with six knockouts, three and two in the UFC. He's won three straight fights after dropping his first two. Um, what else could I tell you? He won via TKO his last fight. He was top FC champ. Have you watched Top FC in Korea? I have, not, I have not watched wow. Top FC, but I do know um, of Top FC. Oh yeah, I've like, heard of it. It's like the one that people come from. <laughs> right. 
he also used to be a bantamweight. He also was a Muay Thai champion. He's two inches taller than Caceres, one inch reach, four years younger, minus 334. What do you like? I want to take Caceres at that massive number, but I don't know. Choi's Choi's pretty good, right? Or he has been at least the past few fights. Choi's good, but if you're forcing me to put $100 on this fight, I'm putting it on Caceres. I'm, I'm not good. Putting, That's I'm what not, I was leaning. I'm not Let's putting it, it on Sung Choi. And I, I, don't get me wrong. I actually think, you know, like the gun to your head pick here is Sung Woo Choi, but like, Caceres at that number is absurd. The guy has shown time and time again that he can fight really good dudes and just, like, yep. use his distance and his range and beat them. Like, people thought Kevin Kroom had a chance to beat over. He was a dog against Chase Hooper. I think he was a dog against Steven Peterson. Um, and, look, the only dude he's lost to in the last three-plus years is Kron Gracie. Um, and so Wu Choi isn't going to fight a Kron Gracie-looking kind of fight. So, yeah, I, I don't love Alex Caceres, but at that number, I love him. And by the way, before I let us move on to this next fight, which is a really <laughs> fun one, Mossy O'Fullen was supposed to be the co-main event of Lux Fight League this past weekend, which I was going to watch. It's a really fun uh, Mexican promotion. He was going to be the co-main event, much like I had said earlier. Uh, however, he had to pull out with an injury. Wow. That's on, that. that's on Fight Pass, by the way, now. So Lux Fight League, easy to get your eyes on. Uh, a lot of fun dudes in it. All right. If you say so. So, yeah, we're both going with the uh, big, big underdog here. All right. Um, moving on. This will be fun. We got some big dogs uh, this weekend. Women's Bantamweight, Jessica Rose Clark versus Joselyn Edwards. We got Jesse Jess versus La Pantera. Uh, La Pantera is 10. That would be Edwards. It's 10 and 3, with five knockouts, three submissions. One and one in the UFC. She lost her last fight after winning her. It was a short notice debut she won, right? I think I remember. Uh, yeah, she'd be uh, Yanan Wu on short Right, notice. yes. Yeah. Uh, so she's three inches taller, six inches of reach, eight years younger, plus 120. Jesse Jess is 10-6, one, one no contest, three knockouts, two submissions, never been finished in a fight. Three and two in the UFC. She's only won one of her last two, and that was her last fight. She won via TKO. Uh, that was way back September 2020 because she tore her ACL during that fight, and she's been out ever since. 0-2 in the Victor used to fight at flyweight. What did I say? This is strawweight. Yeah, this is strawweight. Oh, uh, bantamweight. I'm sorry. Can't be strawweight. Yes. Jesus. Man, no. If Jesse <laughs> just made strawweight, I'd be very surprised. No, this is at bantamweight. She's up a class. Uh, she's missed weight in the past, which is why this is at bantamweight. I'm sure. Uh, she won. She's was a champ of a couple regional Australian promotions um, before the UFC. She's a more active striker. Grappling stats are in favor of minus 150. I got a question mark beside my pick this one too, Dan. So let's hear what you have to say. Uh, I'm going to go in this one. I, I'm going to go with Jesse Jess. Um, yeah, that's what, that's what I was leaning towards. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I will say this. I do like uh, La Pantera. I, I've yep. been really impressed with her. I loved her short notice win, and I actually picked her to win her second fight after that, um, in which she looked not good against Carol Rosa. Um, and that's part of, you know, Carol Rose is so good. Um, so it's hard to, like, write her off on that. But, like, Yanan Wu is not particularly good. And Jocelyn Edwards shot a ton of takedowns and didn't get any of them. She wound up piling it on with the strikes. But I think ultimately, like, Jesse Rose Clark is going to out-physical her. And I think she's actually probably a better striker, too. So, yeah, I like Jessica Rose Clark in this one. All right, Jesse Jess, we're backing you. Hopefully there's no rust from the um, time off due to the knee injury. All right, brings us to the co-main event, lightweights, Grant Dawson versus Rick Glenn. You can call him Ricky, too, if you want. Uh, Dawson's KGD is his nickname, and Glenn is the Gladiator. All right, Rick Glenn, 22-6-1, and 
13 knockouts, three submissions, four and three in the UFC. He's gone loss, win, loss, win uh, over the last. We haven't had a bunch of those this time, but that was over his last four fights. Uh, he won his last fight via knockout. He was also in World Series of Fighting where he went 4-1 and, and was their champion. He used to fight at featherweight. He's missed weight before. Uh, this is a short-notice fight for him. Two inches taller, more active striker of the two guys. He's at plus 290. TGD, 17-1, four knockouts, 11 submissions, 5-0 and in the UFC. He won via knockout his last fight. 1-0 in the contender series. He used to fight at 145 also. He's also missed weight. Two inches of reach, five years younger, grappling stats in his favor, minus 400. Uh, I don't like minus 400, but I'll take Dawson, please. I, I, like, I like minus 400 before it turns into negative 650, because I think by fight time, that's where it'll be. Um, yep. so, like, Grant Dawson is – like he, so just to give context to this fight and why it's not a good one to even think about taking an underdog here, is that, like, Grant Dawson was supposed to fight Carlos Diego Fajeda, who is a ranked yep. lightweight, and he was going to be the favorite in that fight. Um, yep. that, that's enough to say, like, he's going to fight Rick Glenn, who's mostly a kickboxer and is going to be absolutely schooled on the ground. Like, d- dude, you got to go with Grant Dawson. Like, Grant Dawson is just going to roll as easy as possible. And I'll also say this. We don't usually do daily fantasy breakdowns in here. If you are playing daily fantasy and you do not have Grant Dawson in your lineup, there's literally something wrong with your brain. Wow, I usually do the uh, Daily Fantasy for um, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, so I'll have to remember that when I publish my article Friday morning. Because if you don't have him in there, you, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you there's yeah. something wrong with your brain. <laughs> he's probably super expensive. He's probably too expensive, though. We'll see. We'll see. Um, all right, main event, middleweights. Um, as of, well, we'll see. It's contracted at middleweight currently, but we'll see where they end up. <laughs> like I said before, I, I say Vittori. Vittori is saying he'll fight him in any weight. Because Vittori just said, like, while we've been recording, said he'll fight him at yeah. 205. Two, yeah, not even 195, 205. Dumb. Yeah, wh- why are you too stupid to force him to cut a little bit of weight? Because <laughs> he's angry Marvin. That's why. He's angry Marvin. And Paulo has called him out saying if he doesn't accept a fight with me now, it's just because he doesn't want to fight me. He's scared to fight me. So he, he, he knows what buttons to push. Um, angry Marvin will be like, I'm not scared. I'll show you. I'll, I'll fight you at 220. So anyhow. Um, it's dumb. It, it, you like, get an advantage. Make him cut weight for the next two days. Anywho, um, is this going to change your pick at all before we break it down? No, I, I was pretty sure about my pick, and I think yeah. maybe I'm even more sure about my pick now. Okay. All right, we got Boracina is Costa, the eraser, and versus the Italian dream, but we call him Angry Marvin. Um, Paulo Costa, 13-1, 11 knockouts, one submission. 5-1 in the UFC, that one would be uh, a Tikio loss would be his last fight against the champ, Izzy Adesanya. That was way back of September 2020, uh, but he drank a whole bottle of wine before that, so it doesn't count. Um, he was 1-1 one one in the Ultimate Fighter. Used to, he was a Jungle Fight champ. I guess he wasn't drinking wine then. Is that why he got to win Jungle Fight? Or, maybe or, was, jungle or because fight. it was Jungle Fight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was Jungle Fight. You can drink whatever you want. Uh, he's one and a half times more active striking. He's at plus 130. The Italian Dream, 17-5-1, two knockouts, nine submissions, never been finished in a fight. 7-5-1 in the UFC. He lost his last fight via decision. He's 5-1 over his last six. Used to be a welterweight, which is why you don't take a fight at light heavyweight if you don't have to. Anyhow, he was the Venator Fighting Championship champ. Have you watched that before? Yeah, Venator was that really fun uh, Italian promotion. Yeah, which had – that's where we got uh, Emil Weber-Meek. Uh, yes. came to us by there after he knocked out Husamal Paharis. Yes, correct. 
All right. Um, two inches of reach, two years younger. Grappling stats in the favor, minus 162. I'm going Vittori. I don't like this weight stuff. It makes me pause a bit, but I'll, I'll stick with Vittori here. I think he'll be more active, and he's far more diverse of a, of a fighter and never been finished in a fight, and Costa pretty much has to finish you to – to pretty much has to turn your lights out to, to win a fight. So, um, and I don't like where Costa's headspace is either. So, Vittori is my pick. Well, I told you that this weight cutting shenanigans makes me even more confident with my pick. Uh, and it oh. does. And I'm going to take Paulo Costa because it makes really? me more confident in Paulo Costa. Because two, for, for two reasons. Number one, a fight at 205 here, 1000% favors Paulo Costa. Um, oh, yeah. He's got. Way more punching power than Marvin Vittori. Way stronger than Marvin Vittori. And what does Marvin Vittori rely on? Takedowns, right? Like, and you're right. Is he yeah. more diverse? He 100% is more diverse because he can take down and he can strike. But what happened when he tried to strike with Kevin Holland? It was not a good time for him. Uh, Kevin Holland pieced him up a little bit. Not, I mean, not in like a serious way because he wasn't on the feet for more than three seconds. But like when he was on the feet, he pieced him up. And I think if Vittori tries to get in the face of Costa here, Costa is going to smoke him, especially if you're telling me Costa is now not going to have to cut weight and Costa is going to have the extra punching power. You're right. Vittori is not often finished, but there's a first time never, for everything. There's a, first, there's a first time for everything. And let me tell you <laughs> something. Paulo Costa hits like a truck and – not for anything. Like, real quick, look back to his takedown defense. I think people sleep on his takedown defense, too. He stuffed Yoel Romero, notable wrestler, three out of four times. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Paulo Costa. I'm going to take another dog here. And uh, I think I think a, a Paulo Costa finish prop uh, sounds like the best way to kick off props. Yeah, no, it's um, it's a tough one. The, the weight. You were always were going Costa, even when I was, was always going Costa, even before okay. all of this. Like I, I think okay. his takedown defense holds up, and I I was really worried about what I saw from Marvin Vittori in his striking with Kevin Holland. Like, not that Kevin Holland's not a good striker, but like all he had to worry about was the striking, and it still didn't go well for him. Uh, I'm gonna go with the the anger, gonna gonna win the fight for Marvin Vittori. So. Um, but yeah, I'm not, this is by no means going to be my lock pick of the week. That's for sure. All right. A super fan. John's got a question. He's wondering on an all Korean parlay. Um, uh, are you down with an all Korean parlay on this, on this fight card? So that would be, um, Sing Woo Choi and John Young Park. I think Sung Woo, I think Sung Woo Choi is, so if you are looking for the people who are parlay busters, Sung Woo Choi has got that written all over him. He's a big fat number who isn't going to help your parlay out very much at all. And we just both picked Alex Caceres, not even necessarily because we don't think Sung Woo Choi is a better fighter or even has the higher probability to win. But we're talking about this fight being really close to a coin flip. So why are you going to add a guy to your parlay at damn near negative 300 that could really bust up a whole lot of your numbers. So while uh, I appreciate the the all one country move we're going to go with or th- that you might want to go with, um, I, I and I'm in on John Young Park. John Young Park was originally one of my picks. I just can't get behind putting Sung Woo Choi anywhere near the numbers he is currently at in anything that would, would bust up our lay. All right, there you go, John. Don't do it. Hopefully you haven't done it already. All right. He's yeah. done it already. He's a thousand percent done it already. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Instead of uh 
instead of that, let's give our listeners and Jong some smart parlays to do, Dan. Well, or so, and or props if you want to. Yeah, so we'll we'll hit the props real quick first because uh, you know I I said I do like um, Paul Acosta by finish because I think if he wins that fight he's probably not going to win a decision. You can get that at like plus two seventy five right now in a couple of books. Um, apart from that, I'm not really seeing a lot of props I like mostly because um, some of them are are not on the board yet. Like I would really like. Um, you know, Mason Jones first round, but I don't see numbers out there yet. Him inside the distance alone is negative 150. Um, but I think he probably comes out and like puts on a, you know, gets a quick takedown and ground and pound finishes. So him inside the distance right now, negative 150. So I got to imagine if you're getting him in the first round, you're getting like a big plus number next to a guy who's, you know, like a negative 500 favorite. So I, I like that for Mason Jones. Apart from that, like, I, I like a lot of, like, goes-to-distance props in this one. Um, okay. You know, Are like, you Yanni I, or something? Are nah, you Yanni the Greek? It was oh, – God, I, I'm definitely not Yanni the Greek. Um, you've maybe never, the you've maybe never that, said right? anything more offensive <laughs> to me in my, my whole time here. No, I'll take – here's another one I like. I like Laureano Staropoli to win by TKO. Staropoli by TKO is 425. Like, if you're looking okay. for a, a fun DJ and play – Staropoli, you know, it's a negative 230 favorite up against the guy who gets knocked out and he's got a good counter. So, uh, yeah, get Greb Staropoli, negative 425. And then, of course, you want yeah, my, patented, my patented weekly, uh, you know, 10 to 1 odds kind of yes. move, yes. Uh, which, which I think in this one is going to be a lot easier because there's a lot of really good dogs on here. So the first one I'm going to start the parlay off on is Lavia Souza. Like, she should be... It, the first person you click for every single parlay that you're going to put together because her at like that negative 125 mark is just silly. Um, so I'm going to put her with, I like Daniel Lacerda. I mentioned before I like Daniel Lacerda um, and at a plus number, that's going to look even better. Um, and then, I mean, we can throw a star poly in there, negative 230. Um, and, and I like the newcomer who we just talked about. Um, we thought he was going to come into a plus number, uh, Philly. Um, but we'll, we'll throw him in there as well. And who else do I got to add in order to make this work? Mm-hmm. Oh, Grant Dawson will do it. So uh, Souza, Lacerda, Staropoli, Lazashvili, and Dawson gives you exactly 10 to 1. It actually is plus oh, 1,000 and 1,003, according to my parlay calculator today. Um, so those will be that'll be my five for you guys uh, who are looking for the big 10 to 1. And they always are. All right. Um... Is it me for locks this week, or is it you? Who's first? Do you uh, I I don't remember, but you go you go ahead because I got a bunch that I all like right. This. Good, I'm taking Souza at minus one thirty nine. Livia Renata Souza, please and thank you. Yeah, I, I think that that's probably the best one on there, and I'll take Staropoli. Yeah. Like Staropoli is a big number, but there's a reason he's in my my parlay is because he's yep. he's going to win that fight. Parlay to play is what we should say there. <laughs> love, you love the, working the top turtle references in there. I do. There are not the enough, I don't here. think there's enough crossover to, to make those <laughs> no. references really hit home. No. Although maybe this is a good advertisement. Everybody should go it's listen true. to the top turtle MMA podcast. You should. Who's this on this week, week Dan? This week I'm talking to Dwight Grant about his uh, late replacement and trying to win his sixth in a row. And then uh, Tabitha Ricci uh, talks a little bit about how she got into MMA in the first place. And I pick both those people. Great. I am in trouble. You also can listen to his prelim primer podcast. Po- prelim primer podcast. Have you recorded that one yet? Was that? I have. Also? I have. That, that came in a little bit earlier. Uh, frequent guest. And if you have, 
If you've listened to every episode of the MMA Gambling Podcast, which you should have, uh, you might recognize the voice there as well. Kurt Chase Patrick, uh, frequent fill-in for when Jeff goes on his vacations, um, yes, is, is there uh, to break down the premiums for you and hear a lot of uh, – you can hear if he agrees with me on some things. Good. That's that's good to hear. All right. Um, so make sure you listen to those. Make sure you read our stuff on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. I'll have a write-up on this event will drop on Thursday, and then Friday I'll have the um, DraftKings DFS picks for this week, and I better have Grant Dawson or Dan's going to uh, belittle me. Um, That's correct, yes. Correct, belittle. <laughs> and follow us on Twitter so you can watch the belittle, belittling, belittling. That's a fun word to say, belittling happen that, live. That could, be a, that could be an episode title, too, the belittling. belittling. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, basically what most episodes are after we uh, after one guy beats the other. All right, uh, we're at Twitter, Jeff Fox writer. He's Gumby Vreeland. Hmm. SportsGamblingPodcast.com. I told you that. Oh, MMA-Manifesto.com if you want our MMA content. And get in on the Pick'em Contest I run on there. Um, and subscribe to our feed. We've already said that. MMA Gambling Podcast feed. And get in our Slack channel. We'll, we'll surely be betting or talking about our bets come Saturday when, when the fights kick off. So maybe we'll even – we uh, haven't talked any Bellator. Bellator has uh, – Fader is fighting this week, and we haven't said one word about Bellator. We didn't even talk about last weekend's event. So take that, Bellator. Remember, uh, Fader, that used to be, like, such an exciting thing when he was fighting. That was now, uh, he's, now he's fighting Tim thing. Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Now he's going to get beat by Tim Johnson in Russia. So um, – do you want to, whose turn is it to take us home? It's, your, it's, it's yours. I called, you Tina, I called you Tina Black. Oh, yes. Sunday. I so, am. Sure. Yes. I am Tina Black. He is the Danimal, uh, Daniel Vreeland. And we will be back on Sunday. Goodbye.